Welcome to the What the What podcast, the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. I'm Ashby Brain, and joining me today, we have Eric Creech and Kyle Whitley. Ooh. We are here. Woo. We are here. Wow. We're here. Okay. We got to get busy living or get busy dying, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> That doesn't give me much other option. So, got two options here. Wow, we have already. We're here, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't want to scream. I screamed a little while ago. You know, it's second episode of the day. We're doing this thing today where we're recording two episodes on a Saturday. Obviously, the first episode had a little more energy. You know, now right. I'm dying right. down to a comfortable level. So, right. I'm going to bring that back up. I should Eric... have brought everyone a second cup of coffee. Yes. So, we, we should be on the second That cup. would have been the smart yes. play, and we'll incorporate that next time. So we door dashed time. for the, you know, show up around this time. <laughs> exactly. And that way, if he shows up and we're still recording, we'll just tell him, like, hold on, like, 20 more minutes. Yeah. We'll be out in a sec. Or we could just feature the door dasher. That would be great. On bring the podcast. him in. Yeah. Doors open. Come on in. Tell Come us about in. your industry. This episode is sponsored by DoorDash. We nah, wish. They got to pay for that. We mm-hmm. wish. We got to pay wish. for it. They got to pay for exactly. it. Exactly. Well, we got to get busy dying or living. Well, much like the episode we're doing today, we hope this is a re listenable podcast. Oh, very Let's nice. Oh, there. yeah. And we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we want you to also please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast. Please rate and review us five stars only. Please also follow us by searching for What the What Media. All one word. You can do that by finding us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We're also on Twitter, WTW underscore media. And please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or one of the 97 other episodes. This is episode 98. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot. I mean, that's a lot of Kyle and Eric and Ashby in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're right. actually in the morning now. We are. Oh, wow. We not made that we joke. Made it. Kyle and Ashby and Eric in, in the, the morning. morning. Daytime. <laughs> Uh, on today's episode, we are taking a deep dive into our most rewatchable movies. Was that a harmony? Did it might have been. It reminded like a radio show. It was like, dun, dun, dun. This is your spoiler warning. We may be talking about important plot points from our movie selection. So if you hear a movie listed that you haven't seen, you have been warned. Press pause. Go watch the movie and then come back. I pretty sure I'm saying that a lot of these movies that we're picking, that all of them have been out for several years at this point. Yes. So, yes. I mean, it's not like you haven't had time to go to the theater and watch Black Widow. Right. Because it just came out yesterday, okay? These are movies But that I have. Are, I know you have. But <laughs> We hear good things. But these are, these are movies that, um, well, here's the topic. Let's go ahead and go over what are the rules for today's episode. Yes. Oh, there are rules. Um, a rewatchable, yeah, there are rules. Um, you don't know about the rules? Yikes. Wait, we're not doing screen yet. I Come thought on. the rule was that you don't talk about the rules. <laughs> no, that's a different movie. Oh. <laughs> a rewatchable movie is exactly what it sounds like. It's any movie that you feel has qualities that makes a movie something you would enjoy watching multiple times. So, like, picture it. If you are scrolling the channel guide on your cable or Hulu Live or YouTube TV, what movies would cause you to immediately go to the channel that the movie's playing on and finish the movie no matter how long the movie has left before it's finished? Don't care if it's the last 10 minutes of the movie. you got to see the end of that movie. Each of us will alternate turns, and we will select three different movies and explain why they feel it is a rewatchable movie. And we're going to start with Ashby. 
I have a question for oh. you. Okay. Oh, Lord. Kyle with his questions. Well, we've all said before we, we started. You so much, buddy. Yeah. Before we all started this episode, we've talked about how we all have selections that we haven't narrowed down, and we're going to all narrow down pretty much as we're talking for the most part. Yeah, this is happening live. <laughs> In that rule book, you just set up two different rules, and they contradict each other. One rule, one section of way to judge this is your three favorite rewatchable movies. So say you're stuck like I was the first month of living in our new home with no internet and your only available entertainment was DVDs. So you had to choose movies that you already have or have access to and pick those to be played to be your favorite. Like, hey, I'm going to watch this multiple times. Or there's your other choice where you're watching through TV. You're not picking them. You just happen to scroll through and you're like, oh man, got to watch it. I feel like there's two different things there. I think both are applicable. Uh-huh. I mean, you you have the urging to watch a movie over and over again, or you haven't thought about that movie, but you see it and you're like, oh, I need to watch that now. Right. I think either are fine. I like, don't think there's a for, contradiction there. Here's an example, I think, that, of how they fit together, and it's one of my honorable mentions, okay? I will not be talking about Lord of the Rings, even though we know it's one of my favorite franchises. I own it on Blu-ray. I can watch it anytime because I own it, and I do sometimes get my Blu-rays out and I watch it. However, also, because I love Lord of the Rings, when I used to have cable, if I was scrolling through the cable channels, and even though I own it and can watch it at any time, if it was being played on cable, I would immediately start watching it from whatever point it was to the end. Absolutely. Does that make sense? One of my honorable mentions is The Dark Knight. Um, it's sitting right there beside you on mm. Blu-ray. I own it. I also own it on Apple, like iTunes or whatever. Sure. I can literally pull it up anytime. But if I'm at Ricky's house mm. and I'm scrolling the channel feed and I see The Dark Knight playing on TNT, mm. don't care if there's two hours left in the movie or 25 minutes. Watching it. Watching it. Yeah. That makes it rewatchable to me. It's just something that I have to see the end of it. I have to see the... I get it. I just And it's just probably the way my brain works. Where it's just like, there's movies that I would pick to be like, oh, if I'm going to be at home, I'll probably put this movie in. This isn't necessarily Desert Island movies. I know. Right, right, I know right. and no, no, no. I'm not saying you have to stick with it and these are the only choices you got. I'm just saying, for me, there are plenty of movies that make my list that I probably either don't own or would not pick. But if I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, I'm going to watch the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, I and mean, that's, the, that's the point. Okay. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. of it in the same way I think of like radio, where if I'm picking through songs on Apple Music or whatever, or Spotify or whatever you do, there's songs I probably would not pick to be on there, like to play purposefully. Right. But if I'm listening to the radio and it comes on, no matter what spot it's at, I've got to stop and listen to the rest of that song. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a that's Okay, fair. so it goes yeah. either way. And I feel so. like we have, like, one of my picks I own, two of my picks I don't own. Sure. You know, so like, yeah. Okay. <sighs> we spent 10 minutes on that. <laughs> it's worth talking about. <laughs> Is it? Somebody else's brain thinks the same as mine. It is. Not all. There's a percentage out there. This is what Kyle brings to the podcast, Eric. Questioning the rules. Yes. Is what Kyle brings. He does it every time I have rules. I just want to make sure stuff's laid out. Ashby, what's your first movie? What's your first song I pick, but I would listen if it was on the radio. Ashby, what's your first movie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I missed you so much, Kyle. Um, Okay. So, my first pick is also very, like, time relevant. It is the 1996 film Independence Day with Will Smith. Now, to be fair, because I don't have cable anymore, I haven't rewatched this movie in a while. But there was a time, because it's a 1996 film, growing up as a child, you know, being able to pick what I watched on TV, moving into the 2000s, right? That 
if this because it was in syndication by that time if this was on tv i was watching it because it's fun it's feel good it's definitely like a summer blockbuster there was also a year that for whatever reason i think we were vacationing in florida like maybe orlando like we were at disney world and it must have been around july and for whatever reason we had a limited number of channels in the hotel Mm -hmm. right on the tv and there was a channel, it had to have been around 4th of July, because I swear one channel on TV basically played this movie on a loop for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I, because maybe it was like raining one day, we couldn't go to the park. I think we watched this movie three or four times back to back. And Will Smith is delightful in it. It's, you know, one of those like really good sort of end of the world movies where... You know, sometimes it's a uh, like a weather event, but this happened to be an alien invasion mm-hmm. where aliens come and they try to take over the world and all of humanity, you know, comes together to uh, eradicate the threat. And actually talking about one of my other top rewatchable movies that we did an episode on, so I will not be talking about, but apparently this film, even though it, it received mixed reviews, at the time, um, was praised for the performance of the actors and the visuals. And it grossed over $817 million worldwide, which makes it one of the highest grossing films of 1996, only surpassed by Twister and Mission Impossible. Nice. Um, And it became the second highest grossing film ever at the time behind Jurassic Park in 93. So, honestly... Really great film. It did it did win Academy Awards, um, and I think it just it's a really good movie. It's one of those movies where the idea of like the alien invasion kind of makes it seem very timeless. Will Smith adds his Will Smithness to it with all of his kind of quips, you know, like I make this look good and I gotta get me one of these mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of people kind of make fun of the scene where and I'm going to forget his name but the guy who plays Bill Pullman who plays the president Mm -hmm. he gives a presidential speech basically in the back of a pickup truck that kind of ends with like today we celebrate our independence day because they're going to go defeat the aliens on the 4th of July and um a lot of people make fun of that speech but it's actually a really good speech as far Mm -hmm. as like fictional presidential speeches go and um anyway I really love this movie. All right, so here's what I want you to do, Ashby. Okay. All right, I want you to go uh, on Twitter. Get, get on your account now. Okay. Um, and search for at 1996ID4. Okay. This is an account that every year around June tweets Independence Day as if it were happening in real time hmm. in 1996. Oh, beautiful. They've done it every year for a couple of years. Absolutely. Um, a buddy of mine actually runs that account, but... um. They and every year they kind of update the tweets so it's kind of more relevant. Like there was one of the, um, let's see, I'm trying to find the tweet that he mentioned. Um, it's like so this was on July 4th after we won, you know, the war against the aliens, and he says millions of people were murdered by this invading threat, and countless more were injured and inca- incapacitated. The events of the past three days constitute the greatest mass death event since the Black Plague. 
who knows what sort of health risk the future brings for us. Perhaps the aliens brought a virus strain that will activate in 24 years. But if we can take out aliens in 40 hours, a silly virus will surely be a breeze to handle. (laughs) Like, um, but it's just, it updates it like scene by scene or whatever, like as if like it was a real thing happening, how Twitter would have reacted to it in 1996. Hmm. And it's definitely worth a follow. Um, Definitely fun to follow around, so. Absolutely. I'll mention that movie was a movie I never saw until like in the last three years, probably. Like it was on that list of movies from my childhood that like everybody in the world should have seen and should know. And I just never did. Uh, but I learned about it, that presidential speech that you talked about. There is a band I really liked uh, in the early to mid 2000s called Haste of the Day. And at some point the singer had left and they got another singer and things did whatever they did. Well, they put together this one big show where both singers were there. And they called it Haste the Day versus Haste the Day. And they played music. You know, they do a couple songs, switch, do a couple songs, back and forth. They put out a DVD and a uh, CD for this. Well, they start the entire show with that presidential speech. Like, I didn't know what it was at first. It's literally, that's the first thing you hear. And then all of a sudden, like, screaming and everything else after that from they start playing. Right. So I, like, had no idea that's what it was from. And so all of a sudden, I watched Independence Day, finally, years later. I got super excited. Very nice. Nice. All right, Kyle, what's your first selection for rewatchable movies? Okay, so my first one, uh, the reason I asked my question earlier is because this goes hand in hand with this. I remember being a younger kid in my room with like a super small television back in the day, and I feel like a lot of the movies like this that I started watching came on the USA Network where they would start playing movies, especially like on a Saturday where it would be nearly movies all day long. Mm Mm-hmm. I was sitting there and all of a sudden I turn on this channel and I see a lot of kids just playing baseball. And I was like, what is this movie? Uh, and I sat around and I was like, wait, there's uh, Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. Turns out it's the 1976 movie, uh, The Bad News Bears. Nice. So it was a movie I had no idea about until I started watching it on USA Network. And I feel like over time it was a movie they started playing. It was a constant for USA Network where all of a sudden I still didn't know about it a ton. I would end up watching it every time it came on. I was like, there's that, this movie again that was so funny, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it starts, uh, Walter Matthau is the coach. He plays uh, Morris Buttermaker, I think is his name. Uh, Buttermaker. And, yeah, and so he was a former minor league baseball player. Um, now he's just lazy, drinks beer all the time, and cleans swimming pools uh, for a living. And so he Sounds ends up... Sounds like an ideal life. Sure, yeah. Uh, he ended up getting paid to coach a you know a youth baseball team uh and they're horrible it reminds you kind of how the mighty ducks are almost in that sense is billy bob thornton in this movie no that's the two thousand. they did a remake of it oh so, okay this is og gotcha. yeah this okay. original so he ends up having uh his ex-girlfriend's younger daughter that i guess they have a real good bond from whenever they had dated previously and he okay. had taught her a lot about baseball so she was a really good pitcher um he ends up convincing her I like to come play. It's cool. Like it's definitely an older movie. The whole styling, a lot of the scenes and stuff are older in there. Right. Uh, but I definitely, it's one that if it ever comes on, there's that memory of me kind of laying in my bed in my house, like in my childhood bedroom, seeing this and just like discovering something you'd never heard about. Cause obviously it wasn't a movie theaters. It's not a movie we owned, but it was something that every time it came on, I had to watch it no matter if it was the beginning to the end or just the last few scenes, whatever. It's something I always have to go back to. So definitely suggest that one if you hadn't seen it before. I've never seen the OG Bad News Bears. It's good. They came out with a second one. Yeah. It honestly surprised me, especially as a kid too, where there's like kids cussing and everything else. And I was just like, oh, I'm surprised that they Kids aren't this. supposed to do that. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially like in the context and television and just the things they say to adults back. And this is in the 70s. So right. um, 
but yeah, funny one. Awesome. All right, so my first selection. Um, this movie's played all the time, like on TNT, mm-hmm. and um, I think I was introduced to it in the mid two thousands. It's a movie called The Shawshank Redemption. Never seen it. Wow, breaks my heart. I didn't see it until the past few years. I'm either. not big on prison movies. I don't like the reality of prison. Can I talk about why it's a rewatchable movie? Don't before, like the before you, industrial Before complex. you dump all over it. Uh, oh, have you heard how bad Space of... Jam is? It's a horrible yeah, movie. <laughs> this I, is I, what I, it felt like I, when you said you didn't like Lord of the Rings. And she's dead serious about it. I see it in her face. Well, I, didn't, I, I let you have your, your Lord of the Rings. I didn't dump over it, okay? Um, without having it seen it. It's a terrible movie. I said, I've never seen it. And then you talk about why the reasons you wouldn't like it. <laughs> Prison! Uh, there's why, lots of gruel that's why there. I don't watch Orange is the New Black, okay? Just, mm. I don't want to know what it's like. The Shawshank Redemption tells the story of banker Andy Dufresne, who was sentenced to life in Shawshank State Penitentiary for the murders of his wife and her lover, despite his claims of innocence. And following the two, uh, over the de- following two decades, he befriends a fellow prisoner named Red, played by Morgan Freeman, um, and becomes instrumental in a money laundering operation led by the prison warden. Um, and this is a um, this is a movie based on a Stephen King um, short story um, uh, or a novella called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Um, it came out in 1994, and 1994 for me is like just a really like big year for movies. Like I feel like we could do a movie draft just on movies that released theatrically in 1994 because you got Forrest Gump, you've got Pulp Fiction, you've got The Lion King, and you've got The Shawshank Redemption. I would argue um, 93 moved in in 94. Yeah. For that. Um, but and that might be a fun, you know, future mm-hmm. season to mm-hmm. do just movie drafts. Um, but the Shawshank Redemption, um, anytime it's on, um, I just I love, you know, he's so close and then it gets taken away from him. Um, and just the perseverance of him, uh, just how smart he is and how he makes such calculated moves, and then just the pure like ecstatic feeling of him finally escaping in the middle of a rainstorm where he had to crawl through so much, I mean, figurative crap to get to the other side. And he's just ripping off his prison uniform and just basking in the rain and the lightning and the thunder. And then the final scene of red, who was finally released from prison after tearing off the, after telling off the parole board, which was fantastic scene, um, him walking up in Mexico to see his old friend that he made in in prison, uh, Morgan Freeman's voiceovers. I mean, were, is they're iconic here in this movie. Um, it's just a fantastic movie. Anytime it's on, I don't care if there's five minutes left, I'm watching for that final scene. Mm-hmm. So, Shawshank Redemption, my number one. Notice I didn't dump on anyone else's choices. So, Ashby, number two. You just dumped on my it's questions. <laughs> Ooh, sick burn. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> wow, this is really devolving. We are going to break up the podcast. I think this is evolving. Yeah, this is where it ends. This is how it ends over the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> this podcast is about to Eric go Eric says something. Shawshank. Oh, I hate the idea behind that movie. <sighs> to be fair, I like it. I think it's a good movie. I didn't watch it until, like I said, in the past three to five years. But Eric doesn't say one word about it. Anyway, go ahead. What's your number two, Ashby? <laughs> so, my number two is The American President. I hate that movie. I don't like presidents. It's a terrible movie. Wow. 
I'm just well, kidding. I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't either. So it's actually written by Aaron Sorkin, which makes total sense because it's basically a political drama Wing. with a romance mm. at the center of it. Okay. And it came out in 1995. And I had to think about it because I was telling you guys before we press record, I as, as a kid, right, you don't necessarily have control of the remote all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking, I was like, are my top rewatchable movies just my dad's top rewatchable movies? Because sometimes I just happened to be in the room and he was watching what he wanted to watch. But I think as I got older, there were some of his rewatchable movies that I was like, you know, no thank you, like Mm -hmm. Dances with Wolves and Mm -hmm. The Hunt for Red October. Mm -hmm. But then some of them were, I was like, this is actually a really good movie. And they became one of my favorite movies, Mm -hmm. Um, like A Few Good Men. Sure. And one of those is The American President. And it is a romantic comedy political drama film directed and produced by Rob Reiner. The film stars Michael Douglas, Annette Benning, Martin Sheen, Michael J. Fox, and Richard Dreyfus. So basically an all-star 90s sure. cast. In the film, President Andrew Shepard, played by Douglas, is a widower who pursues a relationship with environmental lobbyist Sidney Ellen Wade, who's played by Annette Benning. Um, she's just moved to Washington, D.C., and while at the time, at the same time, he's attempting to win the passage of a crime control bill during a re-election year. So basically, he's in this. It's basically, you know, the president trying to be in a romantic relationship with a lobbyist, while also pushing for sort of like game-changing legislation that he needs bipartisanship to make work, and then also sort of at a as like a third add-on to the drama. He's currently running for re-election against um, a guy played by Dreyfus. Mm. So it's really interesting. I would say, honestly, <clears throat> probably has one of my favorite fictional speeches by a president ever. I was really hard-pressed to read the entire thing <laughs> as a <laughs> quote for this episode, but it's like seven minutes long. But it's amazing. It's really, really good. Um, the film grossed 107 million on a budget of 62 million, um, but was praised by critics for its performances, especially from Douglas and Ben and Benning, and then also was praised for its musical store, score, story, and screenplay. And then what I love about it, other than just like the general plot, is really the the comedy in it is very like witty, sort of like quick comedy and there's it does have cuss words so there's some quotes that I can't read um but there is a scene between at the very end where Sydney Ellen Wade basically comes back they've had a fight she comes back and they decide that they are actually gonna be together and they're a lot of the tension in the movie was between him trying to be president and how much time that takes up but then also trying to date her at the same time and um she basically he gives her roses and she says how did you manage to do it and he goes do what and she said be president of the united states and get a girl flowers (laughs) and he goes turns out i have a rose garden (laughs) (laughs) um and it's just it's really really well done there's a scene where he's trying, it's like a callback. He's trying to buy her flowers mm-hmm. and he just randomly goes to a flower shop and then realizes that he doesn't have a personal credit card because as a president, that's one of the things that you give up for the interim is like your personal finances. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to buy her flowers 
on like the federal government budget or whatever and sure. so like he's trying to figure out how to pay for these flowers and like there's is a whole thing and then um there's also a scene where the the president is talking no um oh what is it she's so Sydney Ellen Wade is talking to her friend on the phone you know, like typical girls would be about like, let me know how the date went. Like, do you like him? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. But she's also realizing that she's talking about the president sure. of the United States. So she goes, um, why did I have to kiss him? And she, the friend goes, you kissed him? You didn't tell me that. Where did you kiss him? And she says, on the mouth. And she's like, no, where in the White House? Mm-hmm. And she's like, the dish room. And she's like, oh, the dish room? And then she's like, maybe it's called the China room. And then her friend goes, and then what happened? And she says he had to go attack Libya. <laughs> and the friend goes, it's always something. And then she starts thinking, and she's like, yeah, I got to nip this in the bud. This has catastrophe written all over it. And then her friend says, in what language? Sydney, the man is the leader of the free world. He's brilliant, funny, handsome. He's an above average dancer. Is it possible that maybe our standards are just a little high? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> she literally is trying to find a reason to break up sure. with the president of the United States. Like, she's trying to find some reason. And her friend's like, uh, what? <laughs> so, it's really, it's really well done. The political commentary is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone is excellent in it, and it's definitely because of how quotable it is and how how well paced it is. It's definitely one of those movies that you can just sort of jump in anywhere if mm-hmm. you've already seen it once, and it's just delightful to watch. That's awesome. Yeah, I've learned two things. Ashby hates jail movies, but loves movies with presidential speeches. Yes, so one hundred percent common thread there. Yeah. I'm not sure where those relate, but that's where she likes yes. and doesn't like. Yes. How do you feel about um? Air Force One. Love Air Force One. There's a presidential speech in that too, I yes. feel like. Yeah. It's get off my get plane. Get off my plane. <laughs> How about, is it dating the president's daughter or something like that? Probably. Yes. That was, like a, World? Yeah, yes. that was like a Disney movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or the first kid. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Mm-hmm. That's Love true. a good presidential movie, honestly. Good stuff. Nice. Season it idea. <laughs> presidential yes yes 100% turns out it's just 10 hours of Ashby reading presidential speeches like 100% look the speech for this movie I there was a civics class that I took in junior year of high school and one of the things like one of the projects is we had to read a presidential speech for the class Hmm. and I asked the teacher if it had to be a real president or if we could read a fictional speech sure. from a fake president and she said that a fictional speech would work and so I read the entirety of the speech from this movie I wish I would have been in that class yeah. and I would have known about Independence yeah. Day at the time because I would have stood up and read Independence Day one right nice. that mm-hmm. one was, that one wasn't long enough it had to be like uh, a certain length so I'd have ad-libbed and add a little bit more in there right talk right. real slow <laughs> but no this the speech that um president shepherd gives in this movie is honestly it's one of those like timeless political mm-hmm. speeches and it's just really well done and so i read i read that speech it nice was really good and i'm sure half the people in the class didn't realize that it was a fictional president honestly kyle what is your second choice um well ashby said something that rings true with me as well was movies that i feel like my dad watched and it created a bond where we watched together uh, this one was kind of a little bit reversed. It was a movie I watched. And so now like if it's on, he'll watch it and you know, back and forth. 
Uh, one movie that he does watch all the time, though, and my mom gives him a hard time about is Goodfellas. That's not my choice, but like, there's been multiple times I've at least watched a section of Goodfellas because I've walked in and my dad's watching it. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen like the unedited version of Goodfellas because it's on TV, so obviously there's edited versions. But every time it's on, my mom is disgusted with it. She's like, he's in there watching that gangster movie again. <laughs> so anytime it's on television, he watches that. Uh, for my choice, though, it's one we've covered before here on the podcast, but the original The Fast and the Furious. It's a movie that changed my life in a way that got me into cars. I was in middle school when it came out. Uh, I remember being in high school and watching it over and over again at Howard's house because he owned a DVD copy of it. And so it was something that, like, weekends here, we're not doing anything, put that movie in, we're going to watch it. Uh, but same way, we own it now, and Erica and I randomly, especially, like, during that period, we didn't have anything but DVDs to watch. It's an automatic go-to movie that we just put it in, and it's got its flaws for sure. Uh, I don't even necessarily need, think I need to say a lot about the plot. It's been around for so long, it's been so popular, like I said, we've talked about it on here before. But it's something that... I never watched with my dad. Like my dad didn't go to theaters to see it. It wasn't one of those things, but there's one of those times I've just been at his house and it came on. And next thing you know, like we're talking about it and it created like a good moment for me and my dad. Cause my dad was never into cars. Uh, but it was a moment of us like the final scene where there's like Dom and his charger and then, uh, Brian and his super and they're racing and they're going to try to do whatever they can do. And I remember like just watching it. And then my dad just said something like, there's no way that orange car would beat that. Hey, look at the motor on that thing. And that's like, well, I don't know. Do you know what motor's inside that orange? It's a 2JZ. It's twin turbo. Blah, and uh, it created this big conversation. It was like not necessarily an argument. It was just a good conversation. Uh, but to the extent I remember distinctly being when my dad had his stroke, it was in the hospital. He had reached a point that he was recovering. Uh, he still had, you know, obviously issues and stuff, but he could at least kind of watch television and do stuff. And I remember he was flipping through, saw Fast and Furious, and he stopped and watched it the rest of the way. To that extent, uh, Pastor George uh, Arant came to visit him while that movie was playing, and it didn't change. It just kind of stood there. And I remember Pastor George kind of looking up at it, and I don't remember what in the world scene was happening. I think it was one where the guy's chasing and shooting everybody. And he just kind of stared at it, and he's like, huh, it's a kind of a violent movie. And then I just looked at him and was like, yeah, my dad really likes it, and just kept watching it and just kept going there. Uh, but it is definitely one It's you know, for sure. There's cheesy lines. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, there's some plot holes and stuff else in there. Uh, but it did create a franchise that's made tons and tons of money and everything else. But for me, it's always, if we're going to do something, you know, you just need a movie to pass some time or if you're just flipping through and it's there. I'm going to stop and watch it. And I'll probably quote the entire thing while we're watching it, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's definitely one of those for me. Fast and, the Fast and Furious franchise as a whole is a rewatchable it is. franchise. It yes, is, true. For yep. sure. Um, made my honorable mentions list, um, mm -hmm. partly because we've done an episode, but also there's just so many, I can't include like all of them. Sure. Um, but definitely, if it's on, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. That's right. You know, because in those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Mm -hmm. So in those 10 I, seconds, I'm hooked to watch however much <laughs> exactly. is left. Exactly. So I'll watch every quarter mile of the, mm -hmm. of the Fast and Furious franchise for sure. Um, my second selection... Um, this is a movie I did not see when it came out originally. Oh, so good. Um, but this is Ocean's Eleven. Good choice. Um, Love it. I All watched of the it for mm -hmm. the first time. I think Kyle Daltrey, when he was living here, he had the movies on DVD. Mm. And I think I watched it for the first time with him. Mm -hmm. And I just was amazed by I love it like the idea of having first of all it's an ensemble cast mm -hmm. so you've mm -hmm. got George Clooney Brad Pitt Matt Damon John Cheadle Andy Garcia Bernie Mac Julia Roberts 
Um, also, like one of the I think sleeper actors in this that you don't realize is actually really good is Scott Con. Yeah, Scott Con's fantastic. He's in really it. good in it. Um, you just have this huge cast, and it's honestly it's one of the first times I can remember seeing like the idea of a heist film. Right. Mm-hmm. Where right. they're trying to pull off the impossible, and they right. have all these moving parts, and you have all these experts. Elliot Gould's in it. Carl Carl Reiner is. Mm-hmm. In it. I mean, mm-hmm. You have everyone plays their role to perfection, mm-hmm. like, and they have to. And even when it seems like the plan fails, right? Oh, actually, the plan didn't sure. fail, right? Right. Um, George, this is George Clooney, in my opinion, at his best. Uh-huh. Um, Arguably, it, George Clooney being George Clooney. Yeah, I mean, and Brad Pitt being, being Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Julia Roberts being Julia being Roberts. Julia Roberts. <laughs> Literally in Ocean's Literally, Twelve, yes. being Julia Roberts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so, um, anytime this is on, I just love to see. How each part of the plan is working uh, mm-hmm. the way it works, mm-hmm. and then just the scene of them walking out with the money in, in briefcases, disguised as the SWAT team coming in to investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, like your mind, like I try to figure out, okay, how they do this, how they do this, how they do this, and it's a little implausible, but honestly, just anytime it's on, it's like I need to watch this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this. Um, it's just it's so fun and. Ocean's 12 didn't really do it for me. Ocean's 13, real. I, I enjoyed Ocean's 13 better than Ocean's 12. Um, Ocean's 13 is just basically Ocean's 11 again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the, I'll watch any kind of Ocean's movie based on that mythology that they've created now. I watched Ocean's 8, thought it was decent, um, enjoyed it. I would watch an Ocean's 9, 10, any number, really. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, the Ocean's uh, Eleven movie, though, uh, as my main entry here, is my second choice. It's just, it's very rewatchable. So. That's a good choice. Yeah. Ashby, your third choice. I can't stop looking at quotes on IMDb. Like, it's a, it's a problem, a, this Ashby. This is a problem. Um, okay. So, I thought long and hard about this third choice. And I went with Dirty Dancing. Nice. Which I feel like is a quintessential rewatchable movie and I also kind of thought because I feel like one of my jobs on this podcast is to be the girl you know to be the female voice Mm. right but the problem with that is is that I'm not in a lot of ways a very girly girl right and so I was thinking about like what movies women my age might find rewatchable but I don't like rom-coms right so like Other women would be like, oh, anytime the notebook is on, I just have to watch it. You know, I've never even seen Love Actually. Like, I just, I'm not. You should. I'm, you know, I've seen P.S. I Love You. The book was better. But I, like, I have watched rom-coms throughout my life because I've been in a group of girls that wanted to watch a rom-com. But it's just not my thing. But Dirty Dancing, arguably not really a rom-com, but probably my exception to the rule, where the basis of the story is a romance. But it's also, you know, historically said, it's also about family. It's also about classism. It's just a, a really, really, I feel like, interesting movie. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Um, Patrick Swayze, arguably one of his best movies. And it's just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And so I do own, I actually own multiple versions of this on DVD. I own, like, the regular version, the anniversary edition. <laughs> And also set Mm -hmm. in, well, filmed in North Carolina. Set, I think, in the Catskills in a resort. But um, part of it was filmed at Lake Lure. 
in North Carolina. And it is a 1987 movie, but it's set in 19... Oh, hold on. I have to think about this. Um, 1963. Mm-hmm. Set in 1963. And I'm not really going to go into a lot about it because I feel like everyone has seen Dirty Dancing, right? I haven't. Hmm. You are lying. I have not seen you Dirty Dancing. You are lying. There's no way. Nope. I saw Pretty Woman. I haven't seen Dirty Dancing. That's oh, something for you and your gal to watch. my Lord. Eric, it's basically a musical. You would love it. Are you hanging out later today? We are. That's what you do. That's you what you do. You bring her here, cook her a nice meal, dirty put on dancing. Dirty Dancing. You don't know me. I'm going there, actually. Okay. Well, still, buy Dirty Dancing. Take, take Dirty with Dancing you. with you. Oh, my gosh. You're going to love it. It's so good. It's so good. You're going to be quoting this. You're going to be acting it out. Nobody puts baby in a corner. No. I do know that quote. I carried a watermelon. <laughs> That's also one of my mm. favorite quotes. I uh, well, now make... I don't want to quote it because I don't want to ruin it yeah, for you. Yeah, don't ruin it. you got to see this. Oh, but I, I want one of my favorite quotes. I Just wanted quote to it. read. Just quote it. Oh, my God. So there's a scene, and it's beautifully acted uh, by Jennifer Grey and Jerry Orbach, who plays her dad in the movie. And basically... Is this Jerry Orbach from Law & Order? Yes. Fame? Okay. Yes. He plays the dad. It's fantastic. Okay. And um, basically, Baby is sort of this character who's who very much at the beginning of the movie is a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And throughout the course of the movie, ends up disappointing her father. And she knows that she needs to go apologize. And Jennifer Grey plays this beautifully where she starts talking to him. And then she starts crying. And then Jerry Orbach, just, you know, like men of the 60s were not really supposed to mm-hmm. emote, right? And he's got his face turned away from her so she can't see and then he starts like softly weeping Mm -hmm. and it's just beautiful and she says i told you i was telling the truth daddy i'm sorry i lied to you but you lied too you told me everyone was alike and deserved a fair break but you meant everyone who was like you you told me you wanted to change you wanted me to change the world make it better but you meant by becoming a lawyer or an economist and marrying someone from harvard I'm not proud of myself, but I'm in this family too, and you can't keep giving me the silent treatment. There's a lot of things about me that aren't what you thought, but if you love me, you have to love all the things about me, and I love you, and I'm sorry I let you down. I'm so sorry, Daddy, but you let me down too. And it's just... As she's crying. I can just re- like, oh hear my it in voice. I can't do it. It's so, it is one of the climaxes of the movie, and it's so beautiful because... Other than the romance, this is really a coming-of-age story for Baby. And this scene to me is like one of the penultimate examples of learning as you get older that your parents aren't perfect. Sure. Right? And it's just wonderfully acted. And the whole movie is really good. The whole movie is really about Baby realizing that being an adult is very complicated mm-hmm. you know and that no one is perfect and that she's very privileged and it's just it's a wonderful movie with a wonderful soundtrack and i i will watch it every time it's on i again i own it eric you can borrow my dvd <laughs> it's so 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 good cool cool sounds good to me i think that li- that's a, would definitely that movie would definitely make erica's list not eric but erica uh, my wife, it's the same way that that's the first time I ever watched it was with her. And it was something that she just loved, you know, from her childhood. Same way she was very much a daddy's girl as well. 
Um, she likes romantic comedies and stuff like that, but honestly, it's more of things like that and mm-hmm. then horror movies. So, yeah. like, literally, I can't count on, you know, how many times I've come home and it's like, oh, if she had nothing to do and nobody else was there to choose, like, I can't say how many times I've seen all of the Halloweens just because that's her thing. Yeah. So, everybody's different. Like, and it's cool to see what everybody chooses. Yeah. I love it. Um, for mine, it's one more that I first discovered uh, probably on USA Network back in the day where I'd never seen it before. I'd probably heard about it or seen it mentioned kind of in cartoons or whatever. But Back to the Future is another, I mean, and I will just put it out there, whole series. Like, I kind of limited that. I didn't want to say so much that because same way Fast Furious, everything else, there's those. But with there only being three in the series, a lot of times, if you saw one and it was, say, the first one, you're about to see the next two as well. Um, and I think that's rewatchable in a sense for me because I was that way. If I'm at, you know, Erica's parents' house and we're flipping through the channels and Back to the Future's on and I'm in charge of the remote, I'm stopping there and my afternoon is booked now because I'm going to watch the rest of the first one. I'm going to watch the entire second one and third one because I'm hooked again. It's like they come together. They're all part of this thing together. And so I'm going to watch it. But the same way, any of them that come along, um, I loved Back to the Future, the second one, because of like hoverboards and things like that, that I was like, this is amazing. You know, that's the type of things I would have loved to have seen. Uh, but just all those movies, how time, you know, going, you know, in the past or in the future just amazed me as a child and just how they were able to make these work. Um, same way, I'm not really going to describe a ton of it. You've probably seen at least the first one or know about it, know the premise of Back to the Future. Uh, but I definitely recommend watching all three. There's definitely some better of the three, but at the same time, each one has its own like, setting and vibe that kind of gives you your own thing there. So I definitely recommend those, but it's one of those ones that I don't own personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't tell you how many times, like when we first either got Netflix back in the day or you got one of the streaming services and you saw them, I immediately clicked on that and was like, this is what I'm doing the rest of the day. Like mm-hmm. it hooks you in that much of a way that it's still got great moments. Um, music's great and all of it. And it's just a great series just to watch in general. So I haven't seen that one either. I, I haven't saw seen it. it. That's your plan tomorrow. Tonight, Dirty Dancing. So tomorrow. Don't plan my... I am the planner. Don't you dare I'm plan planning my dates. Whatever me. you think you can plan tomorrow, this is better. Sit down. <sighs> I guess if you promise to watch Dirty Dancing, I'll watch Shawshank Redemption. That's pretty good, dude. I don't believe you, but I will take you up on that. <laughs> we'll both... Okay. We'll both get our little Max, right? And we'll put earphones in and we'll sit side by side and we'll keep each other honest and we'll just watch our movies in silence together. Like Shawshank Redemption's longer, I think. It is. It is. He'll be he'll be done with three dance and I'll be like, and that's enough. I don't need to see the uh, No. <laughs> no. Eric unplugs your microphone so he I already crawled speaker through so he can a hear pipe or something. I got the gist of it. Oh. Eric leans over and unhooks your like hit so you can both watch well, the rest yeah. of it together. Ashby, thank you for giving me hope because as I learned from that movie Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, my third entry onto rewatchable movies. This movie, it's a sports movie. Um, I had to have a sports movie on this list. Um, And this movie came out in 05, right after I graduated. And I was in the the heart of college and my career path where I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. Uh, This movie is Coach Carter, um, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Ashby hadn't seen this one. It's a good one. Um, I, I feel reactions. Like. Those at home, you don't get this part, yes. but I get to watch and see what happens. I was like, I'm going to have to tell um, him But uh, this, this is either. based on a true story. Um, Ken Carter um, lives in Richmond, California. He becomes the coach of his alma mater, the Richmond High School basketball team. Rich what? Richmond. Um, the basketball team, the Richmond Oilers. Uh, he played for the team 30 years earlier. Um, and 
this is like a rough neighborhood. This is these are guys who are getting involved in drugs. They don't have father figures at home. Um, their grades are abysmal. And he comes in, and you know they're rowdy, they're rude, they're disrespectful. And he he says, "I'm going to give you contracts, okay? You you're going, you know, if you want to be on this team, you'll sign this contract. It requires you to sit in the front row of all the classes. You got to maintain a 2.3 grade point average, which is a C plus, not just a C, but a C plus." Um, and he says, I'm going to be checking up on your progress reports to make sure you're following uh, these guidelines. And immediately, like, two of the best players quit the team. And one of the guys like, that's our two best leading scorers from last year's team. And Coach Carter's like, so I guess we'll have new leading scorers this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's very quotable, which quotable is good for me, but also it's quotable because it's a coach. And I can actually use these quotes in my job. So, like, his first practice, he tells them, your conditioning is not at the level for you to be successful on my basketball team. So, to the baseline. And they start walking. He's like, to the baseline! I mean, it just, and they're like, well, how long are we going to do this? Like, let's see how many suicides you can do in one hour and 41 minutes. And they're just, he's like, don't make me commit homicide. Do some suicides. I mean, wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's really awesome. A lot of great quotes. Um. It um, it talks about how um, this team turns itself around, and six of the guys on this team ended up going to college after graduation, um, which is again based on true stories. Um, the school board and the principal question, you know, why are you getting involved in a, um in the academics portion? Just stick to coaching basketball, coach. Um, and he's like, no, I want them to be successful. And he even says like, um, you know, success, you know. You know, it's if it starts in the classroom. You know, if you want to be successful in here, you need to start in there. Um, he says, if you listen and learn, you'll win basketball games. And gentlemen, winning in here is the key to winning out there. And he's referring to the the real world, the outside world. Um, the school board, you know, he ends up locking the gym whenever they're not keeping up with their their grades. So he he locks the gym and says well, there'll be no more basketball until they get the grades up. And the school board voted, no, we won't let them have the basketball. So he quits. And he says, the board sent the message loud and clear. Winning basketball games is more important than graduating from high school mm-hmm. and going to college. And I'm sorry, I can't support that message. But then his players rallied behind him and they said, well, they they can, you know, take the chains off the off the door in the gym, but they can't force us to practice or play. So mm-hmm. they, they took their desk from the library and they took them into the gym and they did all their studying, you know, after school studying um, in there until they got their grades up. And it was just a really good story. Um there is a little B plot that I didn't like that much, but um, overall, I just really, um, really enjoyed the movie. Um, he asked one of the players who's in, like he, who's involved in running drugs for his cousin, "What is your deepest fear, Mister Cruz, that you're inadequate?" And he's referring to a poem by Marianne Williams where um, it says, "Our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate; it's that we're powerful beyond all measure." And Timo Cruz, the, um, who pl- who's played by Rick Gonzalez, who plays uh, um, one of the characters in the Arrowverse in Arrow, um, Wild Dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Timo, yeah, yeah. he's in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, and, I like um, him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really good in this movie. And, yeah, it's just... He must it, have been young. He was young, yeah. Okay, he, he yeah. He was young. Um, but this movie just shows, you know, it's, it's a coach that, you know, yes, he's hard on them. But he's hard on them because he knows they can be better. 
and he wants them to have better lives than what they are currently in, and he wants to push them to realize that for themselves. But whenever the going gets tough, like uh, Timo, you know, spoiler alert, um, but Timo's cousin who's running drugs gets shot in front of Timo, and Timo goes, you know, he's he's been kicked off the team at this point because he didn't want to practice and, um, you know, and he didn't want to abide by the rules. He shows up to the coach's house. He's like, I didn't have anywhere else to go. And the coach takes him in and just holds him. He's like, you're okay. You're okay. I've got you. You're okay. He's like, I'll do anything, coach. I just want to be on the team. He's like, you're okay. Don't worry about that right now. I've got you. You're okay. And just really good movie. And I, um, I absolutely just endorse it. Um, you know, I don't endorse the entire movie because, again, I don't like one of the B-plots. But the the idea of the coach and his relationship with the team and the community and the conflict there is really strong and the message there brought on by the coach that academics are just as important as, as athletics is a message I can get behind. So. Nice. Good choice. Yep. Uh, honorable mentions, Ashby. You, you have honorable mentions? Yeah, so I've been writing some down, actually, as I've been thinking about them. I <clears throat> I struggled a little bit because... I think cable plays a big role in this mm-hmm. theme. We've some of us have mentioned it before that it used to be a lot easier to have top rewatchable movies when you had cable mm-hmm. because you kind of don't think about sure. what you would rewatch because the the point honestly, like Eric said in the intro of the rewatchable movie is you're scrolling through the channels and you have to stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, now it's all streaming. Right. So, so like I don't if you're, have that If you're going scrolling. through Netflix or Hulu, right. you're not catching up with a movie midway through. You're just starting it on mm-hmm. your own. Right. And so I feel like the the art of that is lost. Well, so you probably miss a lot of that too in finding new movies. Right. And mm-hmm. so I started thinking about like things that I used to find very rewatchable, but because I don't have cable, I haven't seen in a really mm-hmm. long time. So, some uh, honorable mentions for me. Uh, A Few Good Men. I did talk about that. One of my dad's favorite movies. I find it to be, honestly, one of of Tom Cruise's best movies. Um, And then I talked about Lord of the Rings, but Harry Potter, specifically The Goblet of Fire. Right. Specifically. And then I... Did you put your name in the goblet, Harry? I know. He said... Dumbledore said calmly. Calmly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I also... You could probably tell from Independence Day. I love... I used to love horror movies. And then that kind of turned into a love of basically like disaster movies. I love a good disaster movie. And so the day after tomorrow, it used to be on a lot on Mm -hmm. FX. Mm -hmm. And so back when um, we had cable and Hunter and I were still living together, if we were looking for something to watch and we saw the day after tomorrow, immediately, that's what we were watching. You know, like you said, if it's two hours or 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. like we're watching that. Really good movie. Also has um, Jake Gyllenhaal, but who plays his dad? Dennis Quaid, maybe? Yes, Dennis Quaid, I think. Super hot. Anyway, you realize that you've turned a corner as a woman when you stop finding Jake Gyllenhaal attractive and you find Dennis Quaid attractive. So, there you are. Fair. um, Then, Deep Blue Sea, Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson, LL LL Cool J. J. So good. Gus makes a reference to that movie in the uh, Tuesday the 17th. He's like, "Um, Sam Jackson still got eaten by a shark. My man still got eaten by a shark. Um, so what did little Cool J mention? Well, yeah, but Sam Jackson didn't. Exactly. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven, one of Hunter Batten's favorite movies. Also one of my favorite movies. It used to be at the top of my Facebook quotes. Um, the Oath to Become a Knight was one of my top 
movie quotes of all time. Uh, Zodiac, excellent. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of comeback movie, really, really, really good. Breakfast Club, obviously, mm-hmm. I've seen that many, many times. I own it. Great movie. And then. Breakfast Club? I was trying to decide. I feel like there's somebody we knew that has not. I've seen got... Breakfast Club. Okay. Remember I said Mean Girls was just as good and y'all yeah. disagreed. Yeah. And That's what it was. I y'all said, can be wrong. It's you okay. said Mean Girls was the was like the quintessential teen movie of all time. Or high school movie of all time. I, I said Eric, it was. I Eric, said it Kyle was, and I were like, oh, it's mm, definitely the Breakfast Club. Yeah. I said it was in the lineage okay. of teen movies. Okay. And Breakfast Club is in that lineage. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, and then the last one I was thinking about when I used to actually really love horror movies, uh, The Haunting used to come on FX all mm. the time. And it's actually based on the book The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, which I read for the first time last year. And it's the movie itself, obviously, you know, 90s, early 2000s movies were horror movies had a certain campiness to them. Sure. But the book itself is actually pretty terrifying um and the the movie i think is is really well done for what it is mm-hmm. and it's it's really rewatchable it's kind of fun to watch it's got a really good cast and it's got you know the typical jumpy moments so those are those are my honorable mentions Kyle, do you have any honorable mentions i do uh a few i did not include just because of the way that they are anything in the harry potter series right. is one of those things if it's on i'm watching it right uh same way with Star Wars. Yes. Like if Star Wars is on, I'm going to be watching, you know, I'm going to stop and watch. Uh, I tried to turn around. The reason I kind of asked what I did earlier is just because of the fact we did have to kind of be selective whenever we first moved, like in the last couple months, where we didn't have internet, didn't have a way to just choose to stream things. It was, look at your DVD section, the, the two of you combined over the years, and choose something to watch. Mm-hmm. So with that, I was trying to think of well, what do we typically grab to watch if we're just going to have to pick of something we own versus swapping through channels or whatever. Uh, Lion King is something we always come back and watch, no matter what. And also the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Uh, and it's crazy because that would seem like that's my pick. But more often than not, it's usually the one that Erica picks and puts on that we start watching. Huh. Um, so there's been stuff like that. Honestly, I think those are the big things. Um, and I do say Harry Potter just because we had to choose something knowing that we did not have internet. Mm-hmm. We are like, okay, we're going to watch the entire Harry Potter series. Yeah. Uh, and I will say a lot of things that come along like that, it's very easy to jump into if it's rewatchable on television. Any of the Rocky movies is the same way. Yes. And often, if it's you're watching one, the entire run is going to be on behind it, at least to an extent. Right. Uh, so a lot of that falls together, especially I remember, especially from our childhood, if USA or anybody else was playing some of like that, you're going to get the entire like list behind it. So it did typically take your day. The only other one I will add is that I remember late night, um, one night child's play was on uh, USA network. Uh-huh. First time I'd ever like my mom didn't really care to let us watch horror type stuff. She wasn't into horror stuff. So child's play was my introduction into like scary movies. And I remember just being blown away and just like anytime it was on, I would start watching cause I get excited. It's part of that little bit of like, I'm not supposed to be watching this. So I'm going to watch it, but also just to throw the genre change in there. Very cool. I have uh, several honorable mentions as well. Um, First, I have Remember the Titans, and sure. it's not on here for a couple of reasons. One, um, well, only one reason. We've already done a deep dive into that movie, and I've talked mm-hmm. about all the reasons I love that movie already. Um, but it's definitely something, if it's on, I'm watching it. Um, it's just a fantastic movie. Uh, the Sandlot, f- for the same reason. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I love The Sandlot. Uh, I get nostalgic every 4th of July mm-hmm. um, for the reasons you've talked about on our, uh, Sandlot was like our sixth or seventh episode mm-hmm. of this podcast run. Um, and one of the movies that we definitely, you know, 
like it was at the top of our list to talk about mm-hmm. immediately when we started this podcast. Um, Hitch, um, I love Will Smith and Kevin James's, you know, um, their chemistry, and it's again quotable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned The Dark Knight earlier. Sure. Um, it's my favorite Batman movie. If it's on, I mean, it's not even really a Batman movie. It's more like a crime thriller mm-hmm. than anything. Um, but if it's on, I'm watching it. Mean Girls, obviously. Uh, there's a movie called Rounders. Um, it's got Matt Damon. It's about uh, poker um, and Texas Hold'em specifically. Um, Wedding Crashers, quotable movie. Happy Gilmore, quotable sure. movie. Uh, any movie from the Fast and Furious franchise. John Wick, for mm-hmm. the same reason. They're just fun to watch. Um, I started watching those with Ricky mm-hmm. and got just kind of addicted to them. And then uh, Field of Dreams sure. is, oh, um, is on that list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that story as well. Um, one thing I do want to mention before we move on to our social media shout outs, um, the, this topic was inspired by the rewatchables podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's something that Bill Simmons over at the ringer.com has run for f- several years. And this idea of having a rewatchable movie came from him and of our nine entries that we, as our main um, suggestions, our top three each. We had six movies that they have already covered as part of their podcast. Independence Day, which just came out last week. Nice. The American President, Shawshank Redemption, Ocean's Eleven, The Fast and Furious, and Back to the Future are all nice. movies they've covered. See, we're clearly on the same page. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Clearly. So, and it would not surprise me if they covered Bad News Bears at some point um, or Dirty Dancing. And I don't know about Coach Carter. That might be the long shot of the three that were not on the list. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah. Okay. So. Kyle, let's hear what our listeners had to say in our social media shoutouts. And they actually had quite a lot to no, say about this. We had quite a lot of awesome. engagement on this topic, for sure. One I'm going to throw out there, too, that I meant to mention, and I don't think any of our listeners did, Home Alone. Like, oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. And Christmas, I, like Christmas I didn't even cover general, Christmas movies. Yeah. But Elf, any like... The Home Grinch. Home, yes, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Any of the rant, like Christmas movies right. in general, there's well, something see, I special. I also didn't cover... I didn't think about... I didn't want to cover holidays. Sure. So like the Covenant, I rewatch that every year. Mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Hundred yeah. percent. Like all of that. If it's on, same way we watched. Mm-hmm. After we got through every other DVD we owned before right. jumping into Christmas, Home Alone one and two were the first ones we jumped oh, absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah. When Disney Plus came out, Home Alone was one of the first movies I watched. Sure. I mean. And honestly, Hunter and I used to rewatch Home Alone three a lot because yes. it would come on. Yeah. You know, and I, like if you don't think of it as a Home Alone movie, it's actually a delightful movie. It is. Absolutely. We watched it again last year at Christmas time, and it is. Mm-hmm. I remember going to theaters and seeing it and kind of expecting the other. Right. But I still loved it as a child because it was made for a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Christmas yes. rewatchable movies could be its own category. Honestly. It can for sure. So. And Halloween. Yes, yeah. same thing. Okay, so jumping into uh, what you guys had to say, Aaron Casey said, top three watchable movies, Dumb and Dumber, Shawshank Redemption, mm. and The Godfather. Mm. Nice. Uh, I've only go. seen one of those. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't think I've seen The Godfather. never seen The Godfather movies. I don't think I've seen The I'm Godfather. I'm not, yeah. like, gangster like I movies quote are not my thing. Uh, Michael same Watson. Thing as Just when I thought I was in, out they pulled me back in. <laughs> I think it's from The Godfather. <laughs> Michael Watson said, Rocky Three. Back to the Future, Cool Runnings. Now, that's another good one. Oh, Cool Runnings, cool runnings is delightful. Mike, Mike, Michael Watson runs the ID4 in 1996 in real time. Twitter account, by the way. Okay. So, oh, nice. I will share, too, he also had mentioned about Space Jam, because as I mentioned on our Space Jam podcast, this question was kind of posed together. He said, I was 14 when Space Jam came out, and I never really cared for it. Not sure if I was just too old or what, but I uh, should have been in my wheelhouse. Um, Chatty Aaron said, definitely wasn't the target audience for Space Jam. We're going back a little bit, but it also says, think I saw it once, just never cared. 
Um, says just three watchable movies. Dang, give me Shrek, Rounders, and Remember the Titans. Shrek. Okay. I can re- I can rewatch Shrek. Rounders, interesting. Yep. Uh, Daniel Taylor said Big Trouble in Little Chinatown, Hocus Pocus, Hot Tub Time Machine. There you go. I said I'll wait. I can't stop. Hold please. Empire Records, which is another great one. Can't hardly wait. Ten things I hate about you. Same. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. The Sci-Fi Channel used to show all the Tremors movies back. Yes, back, yes, yes. And same. I would rewatch Tremors. That was the dumbest, delightfulest. Yes. Like, like that's not even a horror movie. It's like no. a creature feature, right? We used to watch that all the same <laughs> way. It would come on, and I would watch it and be like hooked on it. I remember oh, Michael Thompson's house one time. It was on. I was like, "You got to watch this. You've yes. never seen this." His yes. little brother Mitchell was younger at the time. And he was like a little scared and was like, what is yes. that? And I was like, oh, you know, like gophers in your back. That's what those are. Yeah, yeah. They're just the grown up version. But they'll eat you. Yeah. And he got a little yeah. scared about that. Yeah. Um, Wendy Prater said, I hope that's your name, right? Prater. Prater. Sorry. Uh, Audrey, is that her husband, child? Uh, Audrey's her daughter. Daughter. Her daughter said, Mamma Mia, Dead Poet, or Dead Devil Wears Prada, uh-huh. and 13 Going on 30. Not sure about mine. I okay. like 13 Going on 30. It is good. I like Devil um, Wears Prada. That's a... I could I could rewatch that and Dead uh, Dead Poet Society mm-hmm. you almost spit that I almost out said with, it but but that that's kind of a Freudian slip in the way sure. I, I would rewatch yeah. that so. and then Ben Walsh said Back to the Future Major League which is another one that I never like owned but every time it's on television I'm watching and Jurassic Park which Ooh. is another great one your, your wife likes that one she does was Major League the one we did about the kid who breaks his arm that's no. Rookie of the Year oh never mind Major League I've never seen Major League the then. one with um Charlie Sheen Charlie Sheen in it. Yeah. Also, I'm not a baseball person. I've never seen Bull Durham either. Hmm. Or Field of Dreams. Either way. Just not sports <laughs> movies. Okay, sports movies, now. prison movies, gangster movies. I'm out. When we do our sports movie season, Ashby will be like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break Oof. this season. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm just going to you know, take a break you know, for a couple oh. weeks and then I'll be back whenever we do. Maybe do that in January. I'm traveling a lot in January. Ashby says we're going to do a, a dirty dancing season where yes. we watch it multiple times. Yes. Also, dirty dancing, Havana Nights. There you go. Fair. Uh, <laughs> switching over to Instagram, uh, KillJoe2511 says A League of Their Own, which is another great one I would stop and watch. Mm-hmm. The Hunt for Red October and Draft Day. Uh, let's see. I've never seen Draft Day. I, I know it's, it's a sports movie. It came out in like 2016. Mm-hmm. Ricky swears by it. He just disappointed that you know the Cleveland Browns haven't won a Super Bowl yet. Mm-hmm. They did in the mm-hmm. movie. Multiple people are disappointed about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joel Fitzgerald said Donnie Darko, Jaws, and New Hope. Okay. Jaws. That's a good one. Yeah. Jaws is good. Uh, Blank Snow and Asked For said Dumb and Dumber, Napoleon Dynamite, and Elf. Elf. Get that too. Elf, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably going to screw this up. Rebecca Reen Dreamer. Hopefully that's close. Renee. Renee. Dreamer. Rebecca Renee, maybe. Dreamer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many to say, but Matilda, my childhood favorite. Ugh, any Star Wars, Wars film and yeah. any Harry Potter film and okay. Avatar. Nice. Um, and let me switch over. I've got one, too, from Matilda. Ivy Beasley. Sure. Uh, she said that her top rewatchable movies, hands down, are the following. The Proposal, Legally Blonde, Pitch Perfect, with Sweet Home Alabama and Miss Congeniality 2 as runner-ups. Good choices. I do like Miss Congeniality. Uh, Tim Hutchinson said Push, Hard Rain, and Snowpiercer. Oh, okay. And okay. I commented and said, I'm lame. I haven't seen any of those. So it's okay. He up. hasn't seen yeah, Forrest Gump. I don't so think I've seen any of those. Uh, Hunter Batten said most rewatchable Guardians obviously obviously Chef and Superbad uh, Superbad's okay. definitely a good one I would say Chef for sure has been I've one never seen Superbad it's good that. you should watch that McLovin. one McLovin yeah it's funny in a sense too it's like that I don't know if it ho- I don't know if it holds up now if you go like, into as it as we've grown up 
Right. I mean, didn't they, they, didn't the cast do like a reread of a scene during possi- COVID to raise money? Because I remember Chris Evans posting about it. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I would say if you're going to watch it now, go into it same way you go in the Fast Nine when you go. Right. Watch it just to have fun. Don't right. overthink it. Yeah. Right. And just enjoy it to be for what it is. That's fair. Um, and but Chef is a great movie. I think we briefly talked about it before, but it was on Netflix. Is whenever mm-hmm. I first saw it. Um, but definitely a great one to check out. That's been one that if I'm at home, you know, by myself and not having to choose something for Erica to watch as well, and I scroll across the Chef, I automatically restart it again. So that's another great one. That's all we have from social media this week. Thanks. Wait, we keep going. I think we may have one more. We may have one more. Yeah, keep going. Uh, what do you mean keep going? This is literally the last thing just, on you know, the podcast. Some jabber, you know. So, little little few words. So some you things. hate the Shawshank Redemption without even seeing it. Just a few things <laughs> out there. Uh, Ashby's like, I'm zoned out at this point. I'm no, not. I just thought of something. I was looking up to see where I could watch Deep Blue Sea online later. <laughs> <laughs> Is Sandlot still on Disney Plus? Because I would Ooh, love to I go back know. and watch it. I think so. That. We watched it on... Uh, Apparently, The Haunting is on Hulu. We can watch that later. Nice. Okay, here we go. Uh, Casey Wright says Steel Magnolias, which is one we watched in the midst of uh, no internet. Oh, I've never seen Steel Magnolias. It's pretty good. It was my I first told time. You I'm not a girl. Erica girl. liked it or had it in her DVD because I didn't know and I was going through her old DVDs and I was like, hey, you want to watch this? I've literally played Malin in a scene. Like, I've acted a scene nice. from Steel Magnolias, but I've never seen Steel Magnolias. I chose it out of everything because we were kind of getting slim and I was like, you want to watch this? And Erica's like, I really don't feel like crying tonight, so pick mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave their own as well. And Christmas Vacation, I definitely think Christmas Vacation and Hocus Pocus would definitely make Erica's list as well. Uh, Joywood's right. says, depends on my mood, which makes sense. says, Field of Dreams, Transformers number one, or in the Patriot. But it could also be Top Gun, which I think is another... Top Gun, would yeah. Be on there. I've seen so Magnolias, any of the Avengers movies, or a cheesy Hallmark Christmas movie. I'm really surprised we haven't mentioned a single MCU entry other than Guardians from Hunter Batten. It crossed my mind, but it's one of those things that I'm the same way. It is. It's. I feel like it's so much of a, a given right. at this point. Yeah. Well, I tried really hard there. not to not to pick franchises. That sure. Sense, you know, yeah. like. You know, MCU, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. And she mentioned the Patriot, Mel mm-hmm. Gibson, and which brings me to Braveheart. Braveheart, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say like Braveheart, A Few Good Men, mm-hmm. um, The Hunt for Red October, Dances with Wolves, and The American President are my dad's like top five. He's probably seen those movies each upwards of like thirty or forty times in his life. Cool. I would say the same way with any John Wayne movie for my dad. Because right. I feel like that was his thing. If he ever did sit down and watch TV growing up, John Wayne was in. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell you what movies what, but I've seen so many John Wayne movies right. out of that's the thing you do. My dad's college roommate was an extra in The Patriot. Nice. They filmed some of it near Williamsburg, and they realized that they could save money by asking Revolutionary War reenactors mm-hmm. to show up with their own weapons and uniforms, like period pieces, mm-hmm. um, to save the costume department money mm-hmm. and so a lot of reenactors in the area he was a um revolutionary war reenactor showed up and did a lot of like the group like battle scenes where they needed a lot of people so i'm trying to remember there was a coach a soccer coach there's a yeah, girl that's what i'm coach. talking about is it the same yeah, guy will spear yeah cause he coached oh, he, he coached, coached my sister Johnston, yeah. yeah he's my dad's college roommate yeah. okay i didn't know and that. his didn't wife know that. was my mom's college roommate yeah he was nice. not there by the time you got there no, but he no, was there. they moved back up to Williamsburg. They yeah, lived in Smithfield I remember him. He had the reddish brown hair. And, yeah, ponytail. Yeah, yeah, he coached my sister's soccer. He was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, That's he's cool. still really cool. pretty cool. That's nice. awesome. I'm sure he was yeah. always. 
especially me being like a younger middle school guy, it was cool to like, mm-hmm. he'd stop and talk to you and just to hear like that. Yeah. History, that He's stuff. very tapped into pop culture too. So nice. like, I think a lot of share this podcast him. with him. <laughs> I will. I will. We, we'll have him come uh, on, dress up. Mm-hmm. I think when we did, remember we're a podcast. It, <laughs> at some we'll point, maybe we did Mr. Holland's opus. It's we did something. I feel like Hunter Batten, did a Twitter post about like some of his favorite teachers or something. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned Will. Mm-hmm. And so I shared it with Will. I, I told Hunter, I was like, I'm going to take screenshots and I'm going to send it to him. Cause he would really appreciate this. That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. He still teaches. That's nice. awesome. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, big thank you as always to Ricky Lyles for his contributions to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did, that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into pop culture as we are. Next week's episode, episode number 99, will be our next stop into the Running the Infinity Gauntlet series. This is going to be Black Panther, um, and it'll be our last stop for a while, and we'll explain why um, in a couple episodes from now. Uh, and then we'll have our 100th episode the week after that. Yeah, so send in your questions. Send yes. in your questions. AMA, uh, ask yep. me anything. Ask us anything. Me a- specifically. A- yes, uh, mm-hmm. yes. The <laughs> entire episode, if you have not caught on, is literally answering your questions. So yep. Exactly. No questions. It's literally a short episode. We've, right. we've had right. two so far. It's right. the intro and the outro, yep. and we're going home. Exactly. We're going home. Exactly. Great way to finish the, the 100th mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Or, if you can't come up with a question, tell us what you love about the podcast, or your favorite episode, or what you've enjoyed listening to and we'll read those we'll make it about you guys too yeah absolutely or things you'd like to see in the future maybe yeah, yeah because you know we have some exciting news for the future and exactly. we want y'all to want y'all to be involved in that that's so. right anyway we'll get there so tell these guys how you just want it to be me from now on um, that's pretty sure <laughs> honestly whenever it was her and hunter we're gonna create fake inst- fake instagrams and like comment <laughs> Get those two dudes out of there. Yeah. You know, when it was Ashby and Hunter, we really, really loved that. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it should just be them from now on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair. Mm-hmm. No. Using Eric's house. Yeah. Again. Get Kyle to bring coffee and right. just let them do their thing. Turns out you can't change the locks on someone else's house that they own. I mean, you can. It just, it, that door specifically takes a little while. It took me a couple hours, but I actually had to change the locks one time. So, because, um, you know, it was broken for a while. Kyle so. Street just oh, wouldn't man. keep coming there. Anyway, (laughs) stay as cool as the other side of the color. We'll see you next time on the What the What Podcast. What the What? Bye. Bye.